Hello, welcome to the study cast for the Unit 3 test on creating a government. We're talking about how the United States Constitution was formed in this unit, and uh, we're going to get you ready with uh, some questions about the upcoming test. We'll ask you about some people, some concepts, talk about anti-federalists and federalists a little bit, and uh, get you all ready for the test. All right. Uh, Well, I'm going to start by talking about a couple different people. I'm going to give you a description of this person and then give you a a couple seconds to go ahead and answer the question before I tell you who it is. All right, this person took detailed notes at the Constitutional Convention so that you, as 8th graders, could study about what really happened as we wrote the Constitution. I'm also known as the father of the Constitution. Who am I? If you said James Madison, you are correct. James Madison is also known as the father of the Constitution. Let's talk about another individual. All right, this individual was a farmer in Massachusetts uh, when taxes got really high. Uh, This person was really upset, um, actually upset enough to organize a rebellion. Um, I took control of an arsenal, or tried to, and wanted to try to free some of our friends from a jail uh, for people in debt, but were defeated. Who am I? You're correct if you guessed Daniel Shays. Daniel Shays was the person that led uh, what eventually becomes known as Shays' Rebellion. We watched uh, a video from the History Channel about that on uh, the 10 days that unexpectedly changed America. So Daniel Shays, person that led that rebellion in Massachusetts. All right, let's move on to a concept. All right, Blank is another term used to describe the first 10 amendments to the United States Constitution. You're correct if you said Bill of Rights. Bill of Rights. In fact, this was one of the things that really led some people to not want to pass the rat- or, uh, to ratify the Constitution because they wanted to make sure that there was a Bill of Rights included. And it wasn't included originally, but then they went in and added it as the first ten amendments. All right, let's talk about the convention a little bit. Um, we talked about several different plans for how they were going to create the legislative branch of government. And uh, the first one wanted the legislature for the national government to have two houses, and both houses would have been determined by the state's population and wealth. Which state had that idea or that plan? You're correct if you said the Virginia plan. And in class, we actually kind of broke you guys up and talked about if you're a Virginia, if you're you know one of the smaller states, how are you going to feel? Um, in this case, Virginia, the state with the most population, wanted two houses and for everything to be determined by the state's population and wealth. All right, um, tell me the name of the event that takes place in Philadelphia in the summer of 1787 and has a total of 55 delegates representing 12 of the 13 states. You're correct if you said the Constitutional Convention. The Constitutional Convention, that should be an easy one, basically one of the major things we've been talking about in uh, Unit 3. All right, we talked a little bit about what the typical delegate to the Constitution kind of looked like. We talked about some of the uh, characteristics, and although you can't really lump everybody together, there are some characteristics that kind of um, were consistent throughout most of the delegates. And can you tell me what those characteristics are? You're correct if you said basically male, white, wealthy, and has quite a bit of political experience. That were Those were the things that basically most of the delegates to the Constitutional Convention had. All right, now, of course, we're replacing uh, what we call the Articles of Confederation, which uh, did not work very well when they write the Constitution. They're replacing the Articles. Which of the following was not 
a weakness of the Articles of Confederation. So listen carefully. Which of these is not a weakness? Number one, could not regulate trade between the states. Number two, it lacked the power to enforce laws. Number three, all 13 states were required to vote for a change in the Articles of Confederation. And the last one, number four, the federal government could tax the people. The correct answer, the federal government could tax the people. That was the one that was not a weakness of the Articles of Confederation. The other ones were. And of course we talked about that was a major problem because if you don't have any money coming in uh, by taxing people, you can't actually do anything basically as a government. Alright, back to uh, Shays' Rebellion a little bit. Um, basically, what is um, one of the realizations that comes out of Shays' Rebellion? What does it kind of make people think about? We talked about how basically it makes people realize that they need to have some type of stronger national government. The government that was created under the Articles was extremely weak on a national level, so when something like an uprising like Shays' Rebellion happened, they really had no way of stopping it. So the United States basically realized, hey, we need to create a stronger national government, and there is why basically we met Philadelphia to create the Constitution that we have today. What was the most common profession among the delegates to the Constitutional Convention? There were a lot of different types of occupation, but the most popular one was, you're correct if you said, lawyer. Lawyer was the most common profession among the delegates to the convention. All right, let's go back to uh, guess who I am. This one says, I refuse to attend the Constitutional Convention because I, quote, smelled a rat and felt that they were just going to elect a king. I, I am also uh, a known, a very strong Virginian, and I'm an anti-federalist. Who are we talking about? You're correct if you said Patrick Henry. Patrick Henry was the one that had the famous, I smell a rat, quote, about the convention and was not there. All right, another individual. Name who I am. I came out of retirement to attend the Constitutional Convention and was elected president of the convention. Who am I? You're correct if you said George Washington. George Washington comes out of, basically, retirement at Mount Vernon and uh, becomes the president of the convention, largely because he's one of the people that everybody will listen to and respect at the convention. All right, we talked at the end about the Federalist Papers, the essays that were written. What was the purpose of the Federalist Papers? They were convincing people to do what? You are correct if you said the Federalist Papers were created to try and convince people to vote in favor of the Constitution to be ratified. So the Federalist Papers were trying to convince people to definitely go ahead and vote uh, for the Constitution to be ratified. Okay, we talked about the Virginia plan. That was the plan for basically the large states that wanted everything based on population. What was the state that came up with the plan that wanted the legislature for the national government to have one house and each state would have equal representation? You're correct if you said the New Jersey plan. New Jersey was one of the smaller states as far as population. They said, hey, we want a national government that has one house and everybody, no matter how big you are as far as population, everybody has one vote. We talked about several compromises at the convention. The three-fifths compromise helped solve the issue of what? What did they try and solve by the three-fifths compromise? 
You're correct if you said that basically it said that slaves should count as part of the population, three-fifths of the uh, population, for determining representation in taxes. So for every uh, five slaves that were in the South, three of them could be counted for that state's population. Okay, fill in the blank with this term. Blank is a government in which the people choose representatives to govern them. You're correct if you said republic. A republic is a government in which the people choose representatives to govern them. Since basically everybody in the United States, you know, 300 million people can't be voting on every law every day, we elect people to be representatives to then govern us. So that is called a republic. All right, fill in the blank with this term. Blank was our nation's first form of national government. It was passed by the Continental Congress in 1776. You're correct if you said the Articles of Confederation. A very flawed document, but it was the document that was our first form of national government. All right, let's go ahead and guess the person again. I'm from Virginia. Okay, that could be several different people. And was a strong anti-federalist when they tried to pass the Constitution in my state. Who am I? You are correct if you said George Mason. George Mason was the answer to that question. All right, the last bit of notes that we talked about was um, descriptions of who the Federalists and Anti-Federalists were and what they believed in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off several of these. I'm going to give you a statement, and then I'm going to have you answer if you think that applies to the Federalist or the Anti-Federalist. All right, so let's get started with the first one. If I feel that the states should have more power than the national government, am I a Federalist? or an anti-federalist? Okay, let me repeat that question. If I feel that the states should have more power than the national government, am I a federalist or an anti-federalist? You are correct if you said anti-federalist. Anti-federalist. Alright, let's try another one. So, okay, supported taking some powers from the states and giving them to the national government. Is this a characteristic of the federalist or anti-federalist? Let me repeat that one. Supported taking some powers from the states and giving them to the national government. You're correct if you said that this describes a federalist. Federalist. Alright, let's try another one. Wanted to divide powers among the different branches of government. Is this a characteristic of the federalist or the anti-federalist? You're correct if you said that's a characteristic of the federalist. Federalist. Alright, let's try another one. Feared a single person in the executive branch might become a king or tyrant. Is this a characteristic of the Federalist or Anti-Federalist? I'll repeat that. Feared a single person in the executive branch might become a king or a tyrant. You're correct if you said Anti-Federalist. Anti-Federalist. Alright, the next one believed a Bill of Rights needed to be added to the original Constitution to protect people's rights. Is this a characteristic of a Federalist or Anti-Federalist? Again, believed a Bill of Rights needed to be added to the original Constitution to protect people's rights. Is this a characteristic of the Federalist or the Anti-Federalist? And you are correct if you said Anti-Federalist. Okay, we have two more of these. I told you it was going to be a big part of the test. 
All right, wanted a single person to lead the executive branch. Okay, let me repeat that. Wanted a single person to lead the executive branch. Is this a characteristic of the Federalist or Anti-Federalist? You are correct if you said this is a characteristic of a Federalist. Federalist wanted a single person to lead the executive branch. All right, and the last one of these. Wanted the states to keep the most important powers. Is this a characteristic of the Federalist or Anti-Federalist? Again, the comment that we're looking at. Wanted the states to keep the most important powers. You're correct if you said that is a Anti-Federalist. Anti-Federalist viewpoint. All right, and then the last thing that I need you to study for the test, if you'll look at the uh, last page of the uh, note packet, there is a timeline there. And I'm not going to ask you any specific dates, because that's not really as important, I don't think, as knowing kind of the sequence of when events actually did happen. Okay, so what I'm going to ask you on the test is I'll give you about three or four different um, events from this time period, and I'll have them in different order, and then you'll need to tell me which one has the correct order. So there's about a hundred different ways you can go with this, so I'm not going to give you a specific example other than know where the events take place in relation to the other ones. So if I, for example, tell you uh, four events and one of them happens to be the uh, Revolutionary War, another one happens to be Shays' Rebellion, another one happens to be um, the Constitutional Convention, know what order the big events that we talked about on that last page where they actually fell. So that's going to be it for what you'll need to know for the Unit 3 test. I wish you the best of luck if you study. I think it should be a relatively easy test. And you guys have been doing good so far this year, so keep it up. If you have any questions, again, as always, you can stop by my classroom. Or if I'm in the hallway between class, you can stop me. And definitely ask me a question before we get to test day so we can straighten that out for you and you know a definite answer going into when you take the test. Well, thanks for listening to uh, Mr. Langmore's StudyCast for Unit 3, and uh, good luck. We'll talk again soon. Bye.